You're listening to an audio resource from Redemption Hill Church. This resource is not meant to be a replacement for participation at a local church, but an accessory to the care you're receiving from your own pastors. To learn more about Redemption Hill Church or to give to our ministry, visit redemptionhilldsm.org. What does urban Philadelphia have to do with rural Iowa? Not too much, but we're glad you're listening to Cornfield Theology. Hey everyone, Pastor Sean here. What are you? What are you laughing at, man? I haven't even introduced you, and you're already a distraction. This is my friend Rob Chisholm. Rob, you are from. Can you tell everyone? I'm a pastor in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. What church? Grace City Church of the Northeast. Of the Northeast. You know, you have to put Northeast for what reason? Because because we're in the Northeast. Because you're in the Northeast. You got to be city. like this is our area. We're in the Northeast, as opposed right. no to no one else is allowed to no, be there. Just you. No. Yeah, that's why we've planted two other churches also in the Northeast. In the Northeast, just really? With neighborhood names. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, so I'm Pastor Sean Powers of um, Redemption Hill Church of the, uh, I don't know, Greater Des Moines Metro. <laughs> Go big, right? Go big. Yeah, we're just taking the home metro. <laughs> uh, we are friends. We've been friends for, I was thinking this the other day, four and a half years, I think. Somewhere in there. Somewhere ish. Um, if you don't, can't get it exact, ish is a nice round word. And we're part of the same denomination, Trinity Fellowship Churches, which I see you're rocking the garb. There it is. I uh, occasionally will sport the hat during a podcast as well. I've taken that shirt, though, and I've cut off the sleeves, and I use it when I go to the gym now. Ah. Uh, yeah, that's what I do with T-shirts. So Yeah, if I went to the gym, maybe I'd do something like that. Yeah. And just, you got to keep it cool, man. Um, and I'm glad you're, you're, you're here and I, you're preaching at Redemption Church. So when at the time of this recording, you'll be preaching tomorrow, Saturday, tomorrow, Sunday. By the time this recording lands, you would have preached and we're grateful that you're coming in. Um, you were in Kansas City visiting family and friends yep. and made your way up. Three-hour drive. Pretty yep. drive. Yeah, it was great. It was great. Had my daughter with me, and we were just enjoying. There were so many moments where she's like, I've never seen anything like that before. And what I'm really excited about is um, horses. Yeah. Um, so we'll take her to the ranch. That'll be great. See the horses and fun. But thanks for doing the podcast, um, and thanks for preaching tomorrow. Appreciate that. Yeah, Glad you're here. Glad to be here. And uh, we were chatting offline leading up to this, just about different topics that we could discuss. And we landed on this. There's a lo- this is a, a kind of a broad category, but I think it's really going to help, hopefully, our listeners think well about what it means to be a Christian and what we're calling a non-Christian culture. And we'll talk about the nuance there. Uh, in addition to uh, what does it mean just to evangelize? So it's not I mean just being present, you know, go to church on Sunday, but what does it mean to engage on a practical level? So... If you're looking for a title, be evangelism in a non-Christian culture. Now, before getting into just some some you know overview of evangelism, what is it about this particular topic that kind of came up, and we're delving into it now? Why why evangelism in a non-Christian culture? Yeah, I mean, part of it personally is we're preaching through the Book of Acts as a church yep. right now, so we're thinking a lot about what it means to be the church. It's what we'll be talking about tomorrow in the sermon as well. Yeah. Uh, how to be the church and how to be the church in a culture that's almost not ready for the church. Right. Right. It's like, what are you doing here? Why are you the way that you are? Um, So that's what we're thinking through. And it even goes back to, I'm sure I'll drop some first Peter references 
um, during this time as yeah. well um, that we preached a few years ago at our church. And you, you think looking around us, it's like, it's so relevant. You should do it now. And it's like, yeah, well, you know, always I been doing it. Yeah. And somebody told me like, yeah, you preached it too soon. And it's like, well, I don't know yeah. how it is out here, but in Philly, 2018 was not too soon yeah, right, to right. be talking about how to be a Christian in a culture that doesn't get you. Yeah. And we didn't talk about the, some of the particular particularities of that. Can't talk today. And in part because I'm going to ask some questions of like, is the culture hostile to the church? And what does that mean? You know, so before we get there, we get into those um, questions. What is evangelism? Yeah. Let's start basic. You know, let's say someone's like evangel water, you know, can't talk like me. What is it? What is evangelism? <laughs> right. Well, it comes, you know, from from the Bible. Uh, and you're thinking about it's good, good start. Yeah. It's like I'm a pastor. It has to be from the Bible. Uh, well, these but, days but, you never know. Yeah. And it's even like when you're talking, OK, I don't drop a lot of Greek words on Sundays. Right. Yeah. It's the euangelion. Right. Yeah. Uh, so when you're talking about evangelism, it's the it's the good news. Yeah. Um, that's that's what the word itself means. And so as we think about evangelism as Christians, as followers of Jesus, it's sharing the good news about Jesus. Yeah. It's telling who he is. Um, what he has accomplished through his life, death, and resurrection, and calling for a response. So yeah. it's sharing good news, but it's good news that, that needs to be responded to. So another basic question, and then I think we'll get out of the, the basic uh, questions and then to some more details. Why why should we evangelize? Sure. What's the point? Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. Uh, ultimately, it comes from the Great Commission that was given to us by Christ. So yeah. um, one of the books that we've used in, in training on evangelism in a spiritual formation course that we've done in the past and that we're starting again at our church in September where we're just walking people through what are kind of these rhythms, trying to get them in rhythms for nine months with regular accountability yeah. of what does it look like to follow Jesus in Bible reading, in prayer, in mutual discipleship. One of those rhythms that's like every disciple is supposed to be part of is making new disciples yeah um evangelizing. I, I think that gets lost yeah i think if they're you know you talk about some spiritual disciplines that you just yeah. mentioned and, and i feel like in the church evangelism's not spoken about or prioritized or pushed it's like yes pray yes read your bible yeah. yes come to church yeah and we're good right yeah yeah you know? it's like we're so <laughs> glad you're growing to be like jesus and it's yeah. if you're growing to be like jesus you are growing in telling people about Jesus. Yeah. If you're growing in obedience as a disciple, you're growing in obedience to this great commission. So one of the resources that we use is Packer's Evangelism and the Sovereignty okay. of God. Yeah. Yep. And so there's a there's a lot in there about the Lord being in charge of who comes to him, right? And you can go, oh, well, if he's got it all under control, what are we even doing, right? Well, the Lord who's in charge has also given us a charge, right? right. Given us a commission to take that good news to those who don't yet know it. And that's why. What I find curious, I'm not sure curious is the right word or, or interesting. I think sad could be the appropriate word here, is that you, you're mentioning that the charge, the Matthew 28 passage, go therefore make disciples of all nations. But we actually have an entire Bible that is about redemptive history. It's about God being on mission to redeem his people through Galion, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And yet... You know, even though we have that from Genesis to Revelation, and yet it seems like we have such a hard time of taking that, internalizing that, loving that, and going to do that. Yeah. Even though the entire scripture is focused on Christ, you know, like Spurgeon says, just as all roads uh, lead to Rome, you know, every passage yeah. in scripture, you know, leads to Jesus or whatever. It, what's the purpose of Jesus? It's his message. 
you know, it's about redemption. And yet it's that one aspect of a Christian's life where if I can put it off, I will. Right. And it's okay because it's for somebody else to yeah. do. That's yeah. the, you know, pastors are going to do that. Who's the, the natural evangelist yeah. in church, you know? Yeah. It's like, find them, just kind of support them, let them do their thing. Then I've kind of done my job. And it's like, I don't think Jesus looks at it that way. So I want to ask, how do we talk about this in such a way where we are encouraging folks in our own ch- respective churches to get out? And that's, that's one of my hearts behind this particular topic, to get out and to proclaim the gospel, which means we actually do the proclamation part. We have to open our mouths yeah. specifically. Any text come to mind in terms of where that is just highlighted, just crystal clear in terms of this is what we do as part of evangelism? Yeah. Well, I mean, just as we're, as we are going through the book of Acts, yeah. you know, it comes up <laughs> over and, and over, over again, right? It's like there's someone in Acts 3 who's asking to be healed. He needs to be healed, but what does he need more than to be able to walk, right? Yeah. More than able to leap, he needs to know the Lord, right? So he's healed. He's walking and leaping and praising God as our kids love to sing. I don't know if you wouldn't have grown up with that song, but our, our kids love that. It's not a great song overall, but it's very memorable. My wife would have grown up with that She probably song. would know it. Our kids are singing it in the three to five class at our church. Yeah. Um, and then everyone's like, what's going on? Yeah. Right. And what's going on isn't look at what we did. Mm. You know, I'm Peter and I'm here today to let you know that you can get in on healing too. <laughs> right. It's you need to know that God appointed Jesus mm-hmm. and Jesus came and you killed him. Yeah. Um, but times of refreshing are coming and you can get in on that yeah. if you turn from your sins. Yeah. Uh, Re- and, repent and believe. Repent yes, and believe. Yeah. And over and over again. So all the way from Pentecost, which we kind of skipped over even in getting to Acts yeah. 3. So you have Acts 2, yep. where it's like people are speaking in tongues. They're like, what's right. going on? Um, These guys yeah. drunk. And it's like, well, no, Peter's look like, at Joel. Hey, heart stop. No. Right? <laughs> right? So it's like... Uh, this is a fulfillment of what's going to happen in the last days. Yeah. And in the last days, what's true? Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord may be saved. Yeah. And you have this over and over again, this accusation, you killed Jesus. Yep. Your your sin nailed him there. And then, and here's what his death actually meant for you. And mm. you can turn from your sins. Mm. You can trust in him and you can share like the one who was healed. That was a first fruits, right? right. Of, yep. of the age that was being inaugurated and of that coming final age and this is it it can look like this yeah and you can get in on those seasons of refreshing so that was a very powerful message to those jews who were hearing it who had been waiting so they've been waiting for messiah so what we're seeing in narrative format and because we went through acts uh, we're going through ephesians right now before we went through ephesians went through acts you know it was like a year and a half it was covid too so it's like wait why not go through through acts (laughs) you know yeah and um we have that in narrative format so we have stories in acts and obviously there are uh, speeches in particular. There's a lot of speeches in, right. in Acts. But we also have other parts of the New Testament scripture in particular that speak to what we see in narrative format in Acts, which would be a place like Romans 10. This gets into the whole idea of what does it mean to evangelize? You're, you're proclaiming. So for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. A little bit what you've said already. Yeah. And how will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how will they... To believe in him and whom they have not heard, right? Something needs to happen, right? right? And then it continues on in Romans 10. And how are they to hear without someone preaching? Right. And by, by the way, not just the pastor preaching. That's not what right. Paul is saying in right. Romans 10. Right. 
Yeah, and we just last Sunday uh, were looking at the the first part of Acts eight, where mm. the persecution, and, and then there. they're scattered. Yeah, right. So Stephen's just been martyred. Saul was approving of his death. Uh, devout men buried him. On that day, there arose a great persecution. And what happened? Yeah. Everyone was scattered except the apostles. Mm. And everywhere they went, they went about. Preaching, preaching the word preaching, so we had, yeah. you know even in that sermon trying to separate you know we're used to preaching being this moment where i'm up in the pulpit in front of all of you yeah. and i don't want to minimize that moment of preaching yeah. in the gathered assembly right but that's not what that's talking about in acts 8 right? right it's it's they all went it's like not the apostles everyone else went everywhere preaching the word and then you have some particulars philip goes down to samaria right and you have the story there and then yeah. this coming sunday one of our other pastors is um, doing the next section where you have like the easiest evangelism. Like we love those kinds. Like give me, <laughs> give me an Ethiopian eunuch evangelism. What are you doing there? I'm reading, you know, Isaiah 53. Yeah, can you tell me, is he talking about himself or someone else? And it's like, and beginning with this scripture, he yeah. told him the good news about yeah. Jesus. And it's like, man, I love those. Yeah. Uh, or the Philippian jailer, right? right? Don't don't kill yourself. We're all still here. Yeah. Sirs, what must I do to, to be, be saved? saved. Yes, like, yeah. all right, I got this one. And it's really neat. Um, we've actually had a couple opportunities like that in the last year in our church. Mm, that's awesome. Which sounds crazy, right? We're talking about in this non-Christian culture and how do we do this? And there are people who have heard enough of the mm. gospel that are aware, like, I'm a sinner. Mm. I'm, I deserve God's wrath. And with a lot of the fear and unknowns at the beginning of COVID, um, someone reached out to us in an email to our church email, like yeah, info yeah, at Grace yeah. City Philly, like, here's all my sins mm. how can i ever be forgiven it's like give me that email yeah, yeah. right give me that, that person. that's the one you prioritize and you don't had, flag that for later yeah you're like, yeah it's like well i'll get to that when i'm yeah. not so busy um and then just to let that person know like here's the good news about jesus and here's like 15 people in the bible who are worse than the sins that you listed yeah and yes you deserve his wrath and yeah. here's what jesus did for you and then to meet with that person and to see them trust in Christ and then be baptized and added to the church. Just such a joy. I think one thing I want to re-highlight here, um, and, and you get this in Acts, it's that the church collectively is called yep. to evangelize. So I just want to, you know, you know, grab the Sharpie or the highlighter, not the Sharpie, get, grab the, the yellow highlighter. And I'm just going to highlight that for everyone who's listening. The church is called to do that. It's not just the yep. pastor who's up there. Yep. We, and that's why I love the book of Acts is that we, yes, we see specific individuals highlighted, Peter early on, Paul later, uh, but we see other individuals who are doing the work of the ministry, Ephesians 4, 11, 12. Yeah. And, uh, to, you know, we're pastors. We right. have a formal office. Right. Our calling is to equip the saints right. for the work of the ministry so that you can go out right. and do that work. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And we, I don't even know how many times in the series already, and we're only oh, in Acts yes. 8, we've said it to the Same. church. It's like... It's for everybody. And and even stressing, like, sure, I mean, it's for us too. Oh, absolutely. Right? But we should be leading out on I this. I can't go with you. You know, I don't have a key card to your building. Yeah. Right? You do. That would be creepy if you did. Right? Right. It would. <laughs> it's like, I can't go there. And you can't, under normal circumstances, especially now, bring me into your lunchroom at work right. to talk with other people. Right. It's like, God has sent you there. Yeah. 
Now I can come hang out on your block if that's helpful, but generally like you're the one hanging out on your block. You're yeah. the one who's getting to know people there. You're the one that God has appointed to take the gospel. There. Yeah, that's good. And those, again, just some basics of evangelism. I'm going to get back to Acts here in a second. So with this first category kind of in view, what is evangelism? Why do we evangelize? What does that even look like? There's some proclamation. We'll get back to more about the mode here in a minute. I, what I want to tackle now is another category because we see in Scripture so clearly all disciples of Jesus Christ are called to go and make disciples, to go and evangelize, to declare the good news. But in your pastoral experience, you know, I even think about this from my own heart. Sometimes there are barriers to evangelism. Uh, what are some barriers that you've seen over, over the years when it comes to why aren't we doing this? You know, sure. You're great, you're praying, great, you're reading your Bible, you're coming to church. But why aren't we engaging? Sure. Yeah. I mean, the a really big one is fear. Yeah. Right. That's like, what's going to happen? And especially for, um, you know, the city is a little different than here. Even as I'm sitting here, I'm like, how do you um, how do you talk with other people? You know, driving down what the is dirt your, road. What, and it's what like, is your neighbor? It's like there's a few houses, and then there's like a soy field or something. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> okay. There's a couple more. So so, so when where I, I'm used to like there's I, tons of people all around. Like we go on a walk down our street, and we can't avoid talking to like five yeah. people. When we when we labeled this cornfield theology, I was not joking. <laughs> right. I can <laughs> see that. I can see that. That was part of the fun even driving up with my daughter today. It's like, look, there's a cornfield. There's another field. Oh, look, they already have like everything rolled up into bales. And it's like, why did they leave yeah. them there? Oh, look, and the other one, they're not left. Yeah. They're they're put together. It's like yeah, it's so many times. I've never bales, seen this in my bales. life. This is incredible. It's like we don't spend much time in the country. It's but like, also, no, no, we don't. What is your neighbor? Because like you know, from a country now. Yeah, so Full you disclosure. can speak to that one because I don't know, right? I can find people to talk to so anytime I want. The cool thing about Des Moines is like I can drive 15 minutes and we're in the city, okay, which is awesome. Now where we live is country, but um, I'm the point I want to make is that our neighbor is actually, you know, five miles that way and five miles that way. Like no joke. I remember the first uh, winter we were here and we got a, we got a ton of snow. I had not met my neighbor. It's not going to sound funny to say it this way, but one, two, three, four doors down. <laughs> so two and a half miles that way. Sure, right, yeah. He's just started plowing our driveway. And he's like, I'm like thanks, man. What do I owe you? Nothing. I just know you have kids, and I know you get to get places. Wow. And, you know, I got, I got this on my truck. I'm just going to plow it for you. Yeah. Never met the guy. Yeah. Plowed it all winter. So grateful. Saved wow. me a ton of time. Yeah. And so neighbor feels a lot different when you're rural. Yeah. As yeah. opposed to when you're when you're urban now, yeah, it, there's a sameness to it, you know. Yes, but um, in terms of like almost like geographical barriers, it's just much wider and vast. Yeah, yeah. So, but I think the fear is present wherever you live, right? Exactly, and, and that's the transcendent kind of like yeah, you know, why don't people do it? Yeah. Fear. Yeah, because you know, and so in thinking about okay, we're making these connections with our neighbors. We do live right next to them. Yeah. Right. And so there's the fear of like, I'm building relationships with them, but I don't want it just to be a transactional relationship with them. Like it's not, okay, be friends with them so you can tell them about Jesus. And then if they don't accept, it's just like, okay, X that one off. Don't yeah. have to be kind to that yeah. neighbor anymore. <laughs> Go to the next one. Right. Yeah. They're still your neighbor. You mm. still, in many cases for our people, you still share a wall. Yeah. with that person who's your closest neighbor kind of like the row home and you thing can hear on. them yeah. going up and down the steps and hear yeah. them yelling at their kids which means they can also hear you yelling it at your kids uh if you're into that and hopefully most <laughs> of our people aren't um 
and so it's there's a there's a realness right so it's, it's right in front and if yeah. this conversation goes poorly right if they perceive me as manipulative if they get angry mm. like it could actually make my life pretty miserable right. and we've had that happen for people in our church yeah where they've taken the step and they've been shunned by everybody around them. Wow. Um, where a neighbor that used to talk to them now won't. Yep. And it has nothing to do with that neighbor. It's because the other neighbor that they tried to tell about Jesus was like, these are the crazies. These don't, are, yeah. don't, yeah. don't be friends with them. They're going to be weird. Um, so, and so it's, so it's real. So you say fear and it's like, ah, why are people so afraid? It's like, it is real. The rejection is. Nobody wants to be rejected. Yeah. I mean, and it and it happens. On a base like, level. We have real testimonies of that in our church that that happens. Um, but the really neat thing with that family that experienced that particularly is it's still, it's still worth it. And that was hard, and it was really hard, like talking with them through that. So there's some other barriers, but let me just yeah. ask the question: What is, how do you get over the barrier, of yeah. fear in particular? Yeah. Well, I don't think you ever get over it once and for all. Yeah. You identify with that? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's like. It, like, and we can tend to think like someone who's really good at this, they just, I mean, it's just what they do. They're there. They wake yeah. up in the morning, like talking about Jesus, got to find, just find somebody. Right. <laughs> and it's not, that's not how it works. So yeah. even the person that you think of is like, man, they're just so good at this. Mm. Uh, there's probably fear for them. So in a way, I don't think you ever completely overcome it. It's something that needs to be regularly surrendered mm. uh, to the Lord uh, in obedience. Cause this is, this that, is not where... like. Yeah. yeah, that's where I wanted to pit. This is fear. an obedience issue. Exactly. That's the Matthew 28 yeah. commission passage. Go therefore and make disciples. It yeah. was not a suggestion. Yep. It wasn't like, hey, you know, on Mondays, Wednesday, Fridays, yep. um, you can take a break from evangelism. Yep. Yeah. It's not, it's, there's certain people who are really good. And so you're excused. You know, I understand. Yeah. It's no, this is a command. And so it's surrendering it to the Lord saying, you have, you have given this to me mm. to do. Um, and then relying on the power of the Holy Spirit, yeah. because all our willpower, the, you know, I can wake up in the morning and go, I'm going to obey today. It's yep. like, and you know, it's like, we yep. still don't. Yeah, exactly. And so we have to be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit because there are opportune moments, right? Again, you're not always going to run into someone who happens to re be reading Isaiah 53 that day <laughs> or just feared for their life. Uh, and so like, tell me what I need to do yeah. to be right with God. Um, it's the barista, you know, at, at the yeah. coffee shop or whatever. It's the, yeah. And so is it the first time, right? It's your, I mean, right now, a person that I'm talking with a lot every six months is my dental hygienist. Okay. Uh, yeah, I've yeah. been witnessing to her for like the last two years. Yeah. Um, she's Catholic and it's actually longer than two years. And God gave us a great opportunity because we've gotten to know each other and I'm talking with her and she's like ready to talk. So I go to get my yeah. teeth cleaned and That's I do cool. not like going to the dentist. I never have. <laughs> I actually look forward to going to the dentist now so I can talk That's with cool. her. And I sit down in the chair and she doesn't even get any tools out for like the first 15 minutes oh, of awesome. my appointment because she's ready to talk. Yeah. Um, but, and, think, but think about the foresight you've had with this because you're talking about several years. Yeah. Now, in, in some cases, like the Philippian jailer, there's some urgency. Right. In other situations where it's like, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to be part of building a relationship here, you know, so over time I can continue to share the gospel and trust that God is ultimately the one who's at work. Yeah. And, I, and I kind of bring up both um, methodologies because it's not a one size fits all right. type of evangelism here. Right. 
you know, so there's, 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 there's those relationships you're going to invest over time. You know, think about kids, right? Over time, we're investing yeah. and planting seeds and praying that the Holy Spirit would be at work in their lives. And then there's other moments where it's like, yeah, I need to tell you now. Yeah. And frankly, it's the Holy Spirit who's yes. prompting me to tell yeah. you right now. And why so I don't know all the yeah. time. And so it's asking, like it's asking to be filled with the spirit. That's one of the things we've been talking about a lot yeah, that's going good. through Especially Acts as well. Acts, yeah. We see it all the time and filled with the spirit, he said, yeah. and filled with the spirit, they prayed, right? Some commentators said that Acts should have been called Acts of the Holy Spirit. Sure. You know, and I think I, whatever you can quibble over what it should be called or shouldn't be called, but I get, I get the, the emphasis sure. because it is the spirit at work to see the gospel proclaimed yeah. using people like you and me. Yeah. Yeah. In a way, you can also look look back and go. So in Luke, in the prologue, right, he refer references Luke and says, I told you about all the things that Jesus began to do and teach. Yeah. So right. Yeah. And in a way, Acts is the continuation of what Jesus did and taught through yep. the apostles in the power of the Holy in Spirit. Power of the, that that like, promised Holy Spirit that Jesus, you know, we read about in the Gospel of yep. John. It's, it, yep. Oh, helpers come. Here it is. Yeah. Here's the help. And here's what it looks like. And here's what he's helping you with. Yeah right? He's helping you do the things you wouldn't do on your own, yeah. right? We don't naturally go, hey, let me take a big <laughs> risk here and tell you about Jesus Especially and why our, you need to follow in a risk-averse culture. Yeah. Like, we are so risk-averse. We ensure everything as an example. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we are called to actually take that risk. Yeah. So fear is a barrier. Another one that I've seen just within churches is, um, and this is sometimes on leaders, that our folks might be ill-equipped. Yes, this is a this is a big one. Uh, we talked about it again this last Sunday with the church. Like, mm. you know, don't fall for the lie that you don't know enough to That's tell good. someone about Jesus. That's good because you do. If you are in Christ, if you have heard the good news yourself mm. and repented of your sins and are mm. trusting in Jesus, you know enough. Because what are they called? They're witnesses. Yeah. Right. Which, which the Greek, there's martyr. Right. 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 <laughs> it's a Greek, you know, yeah. And so we'll get to maybe how that works out in the culture, right? Yeah, you have yeah. Stephen as a martyr, but they're, they're witnesses. They're, they're telling a story, right? What does a witness do in court? Mm. They get up on the stand and they tell what they've seen. Mm. And so if you have experienced the good news about Jesus mm -hmm. and you are in Christ, then you know enough to tell someone else what you have experienced, where mm. we can think, you know, I've got to be ready to answer every objection. I don't no, know those no, hard questions. No. I've, I've got to read that apologetics book again. Um, and it's you like, know, it, it's bad and it's fine, right? It's good to know things, right? It's not bad to be able to answer someone's questions. Yeah. Um, it's being ready though. Yeah. And here's, and here's how I would, you know, make a distinction, not a distinction, but two different situations that require you to do different things. So you need to be ready to give a testimony. God has by the spirit has saved you you believed in the grace of God. And so you need to be ready to, to share the gospel with that barista or whoever. Right. But then maybe you have a Mormon neighbor. And so, yeah, you go pull up that apologetic right. book. Absolutely. And you're like, okay, I know more about this individual. Right. And I want to learn more so that I'm, I am more equipped. Right. Both apply here. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So it's not a, we don't need scholars. Right. Right. Yeah. Now, ah, forget scholars. Just tell your story. It's yeah. like, no, it's good to know what are the barriers? Mm. What are the things they're going to have an issue with or think they've got you cornered on? Yeah. And go and get help. Talk to your pastor about that. Go find a book about that. Um, so it, it's good to know what we're talking about, of course. Um, but sometimes we can use that. Well, I have to be an expert. I'm not an expert. Therefore, I'm yeah. exempt. Yeah. 
There, there are no exemptions for being a non-expert. <laughs> Here's a way you can think about it. What equips you, what, what's going to equip you more to be an effective evangelist? Uh, taking that evangelism course from that guy who has the PhD or the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah. You know, like when you yeah. think of it in those terms, you're just like, oh yeah, <laughs> the yeah. Holy Spirit. <laughs> and the right answer is both. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's like, yes, learn techniques, learn how to answer, not sales te- techniques, but how to yeah. tell how to tell the story. And even in Acts 8, again, with with Philip in Samaria, it, he's telling a better story. There's some competition there ahead of time. Simon the magician is yeah, there. Yep, and everyone's yep. been like, he's the great power of God, right? right. Yeah. And then Philip comes in. And yes, he's doing signs. And the signs helped authenticate the message. But the message was really pretty clear. He's right. speaking to them about the kingdom of God yeah. and the name of Jesus Christ. And they believed. And yeah. so we tell that better story. There are lots of competing stories. Oh, especially in, the in culture. our culture. Yeah. Right. And there are competing stories we tend to tell ourselves. No doubt. Yeah. Um, about what the good life is, um, which even speak to the fear and like the good life is a risk free life. Right. Right. But Jesus doesn't call us to that kind of a good life. Right. It's a good life where we lay our lives down. It's one of for sacrifice. And, and you we, said earlier, surrender. Yeah. And we share in that good life. Yeah. For eternity. A couple other barriers just want to tackle before kind of asking other questions about what we learn from Acts in regards to engaging in non-Christian culture, but a couple more barriers. Um, I think these are relevant, uh, not in a good way, but life is busy, right? Sure. I think there's a mentality that I'm just so busy because there's a perception of what evangelism should look like. Sure. People don't realize it needs to be happening in your everyday life. Right. Wherever you go, in those spheres right. of influence, God has you. And right. so busyness is yeah. actually not a barrier. Yeah, because it's, it's like an opportunity. How <laughs> many hours and how many weekends do you spend with the other soccer families? Exactly. Like, hello. Like, I I got an oldest daughter who's a swimmer. Like, one of the things, I want to be very aware of meeting parents and volunteering and learning names. Yeah. And, you know, over time, if you know my daughter sticks with this, those people will become friends, sw- yep. swimming parent yep. friends, whatever. Yep. But it's the sphere God has me in, and yep. and, it's, and I don't do that because I'm a pastor. I'm doing that right. because I'm a Christian. Right. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. So if you're a Christian, you're listening. Ask yourself, what spheres of influence? If you want to think of it that way, yeah. spheres in general, does God have you in where you can have a gospel-shaped yep. influence on people's lives? Yeah. Yeah. That I spend a whole lot of time at work and so do other people right and you don't yeah. steal from your employer by holding a, a revival meeting uh in the lunchroom uh and trying to get as many people to stay as long as you can you're standing up on the table right and you got like, the sign yeah that's and... a way to get get ushered out um and you won't have a job anymore um and, and you don't steal from your employer while you're, you're supposed to be solving this problem working on right. something and it's like oh let me tell Called you to work hard right and so we work hard honoring the Lord. But then in the so one of the things that was an adjustment for me was like, yeah. I'm I'm uh, I don't like spending a lot of money. Um, so I would bring my own. I'd bring a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and go. I'm also weird. There was a cemetery right by our office. Uh, so just to help the first six and a half years that we lived in Philadelphia and we're at the church. Right. I worked in IT at an insurance company. Okay. So this isn't like at the church and I'm right. not doing evangelism at lunch at, right. at the church with Richie. Um, <laughs> I have to clarify, you know, sometimes preaching, I'll t- be talking about like, yeah. oh yeah. And you know, with coworkers and, and, and you'll have this problem. They're like, man, you're really good at it. It's like, oh yeah, it's not 
<laughs> so what you think? Not Richie. <laughs> yeah. It's not in the church. And so I had to. So I would go and like eat lunch in the cemetery and sit there and read and whatever. Yeah. yeah. And I had to make a choice and say if I'm going to engage better with my coworkers who are like, mm-hmm. do you want to go out to lunch? I say, no, I don't want to spend $8 on lunch at the place you guys go yeah. to say yes. And to actually spend some money that I didn't want to spend in order to spend time. And that's an example of sacrifice, not only a financial one, but a time sacrifice as well. Right. And that's what God's calling us to do. For me lately, it's this. Uh, I go I lo, lo, uh, go to the YMCA to work out, and it's actually taking my earbuds out of my ears. Right. So because that, that says I'm I don't not talk here to for you. you. Yeah, exactly. Right? I'm here to do my thing by myself. Yeah. So it was one of those things where it's like I'm really efficient. If I have my earbuds in, I can knock out a good workout in 45 minutes to an hour. I am headed home, and you know that's a time thing. Right. But now I feel more challenged by the Lord to take those out mm. and to make myself available. And as I've been doing that, guess what? I've been making friends. Wow. And, but that, but that, I think we're, just, we're not trying to highlight ourselves, but I'll just point out some ways in which I think all Christians need to be thinking about their everyday lives. You are not so busy that you don't have opportunities. The question is, are we making ourselves available yeah. in order to share the good news of Jesus Christ? Yep. Are we making ourselves available? Yep. And we'll yeah. sacrifice. Yeah. And part of our testimony becomes living as followers of Jesus right. so that when there are stressful things at work, when things come up, yeah. um, when a coworker's parent or child or spouse dies, that they want to talk to you because they know that you're different, even if they don't believe what you believe. Right. Um, and we've had that happen with people in our church. Um, so not just me, where we can get away from the telling the Rob and Sean stories. Story, about, like, yeah. Listen to how awesome listen we are. Listen how great them. I am. Well, yeah. I, I tell you what, let's do this differently. I'll tell everyone how great you are, <laughs> and then you tell everyone how great I am. Yeah, and as long as we don't say that out loud, then yeah, it, then it will be fine. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> Oops. <laughs> so, but we've had that happen with others in our church as well, where it's like, I know you're different. Like, I don't get yeah. all the ways that you're different, yeah. and some of your different is weird, but... <laughs> Like you have something that I feel like I need right now. That's good. Um, That's good. And you want to be ready for those moments. So those are the moments like, oh, Lord, I'm not ready for that moment. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to know what to say. But also God's been using your testimony over those months and sometimes even years before those conversations happen. One more story about how I've gone about evangelism. One more about you. About it is. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, no, that was good though. So before, before after seminary, and before I got called into pastoral ministry, I was working in the business world, and eventually I became a manager of people. Mm-hmm. And you were saying this earlier. This is why this particular time of my life kind of came to my mind: is that yes, I was still doing my work. I was called to work hard, work hard for the company that was giving me the paycheck. But also, what I realized when people realized I was a Christian is they would come to me with all the problems and the things. Or yeah. And those just ended up being opportunities. Yeah. It took, because I'm dense, it took me a while to see that. Mm. But once I began to see that, I'm like, wow, okay, I can really love in these people in unique ways, even though I'm still their manager or right. boss or whatever. And I say that because most of the folks that listen to this podcast are going to be those who are in those kind of contexts where you, maybe you're not a boss, but you're, you're hanging out with your coworkers. And the question is, do they know your love for Jesus? Yeah. Right. Are you caring and compassionate toward them are you ready yeah. and available to yeah. uh, to give your testimony yeah and that's the other thing is that we tend to talk about what we love yeah 
and we talk about what we care about. And so that's one of those really hard heart why questions. You, why are you convicting me right now, man? That's like, <laughs> right? Because so for us, it's like, oh man, we're ready to talk about the Eagles and they're not going to be good this year. Seriously. And, but people are ready to talk about that, yeah. right? And it's like, we can talk about that all day long. Or, I'm an anti Eagles fan, but go ahead. Yeah, it's kind of kind of where we are. It's yeah, what's, go, what's going on? Go Vikings, even though they. So, oh yeah, that's. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'd say sorry about that, but you're okay. <laughs> no. um, yeah. So we're ready to talk about the Eagles. Yeah. We're ready to talk about whatever else that's really important to us. And for mm-hmm. some of our people, they're not into sports at all. And it's like, stop using sports illustrations. It's like, okay, fine. Yeah. But there's, there's whatever it is that you love. There are things you're like ready. There to are talk cultural about. that's on the tip of your tongue. Exactly. Our, our pastoral intern, Redemption Church, he loves video games. Mm. You know, so I, I don't know a thing about a video game. It's got a joystick. I mean, whatever. But he's able to have unique... Uh, Joysticks are like from when you were born. Okay, so just for case like... in point. <laughs> <laughs> case in point. I had no idea. But he has those opportunities to engage in that way. Right. In looking for opportunities in, in that kind of, uh, kind of culture, that gaming culture, to be able to talk about Christ. For right. me and you, it's going to be sports. Like, let's, I'll talk NFL, NBA, college, whatever. If it could be like your the Sun League baseball team, you know, like the fifth tier, like I'll watch that and then I'll talk about baseball, you know, right? Uh, but there are opportunities within those spaces, right? To be able to share, Christ. right? But we also have to move move beyond those, yes, right? Because exactly. it's easy to like, well, I'm a Christian interacting with non Christians, and all we talk about is what they want to talk about. But eventually, you got to get past the gaming, get past the you know the sports, you yeah. know, the Eagles, the Vikings, whatever, yeah, and and realize there are more substantive, substantive and important matters yeah. at hand here, which yeah. is proclaiming the gospel. Yeah, and we're ready to have people yell at us about the Eagles or to yell at them about the Eagles, <laughs> but it's like, but we don't want to take the risk. Yeah, talking to. Yeah. to someone about can i Christ. yell at you about the eagles I mean, if you'd like to okay well and full disclosure and everyone if anyone from our church happens to listen to this they all know that i'm not actually an eagles fan you're a patriots fan that's true and so we but we adopted as we moved we're trying to be for the city and not against the city <laughs> and so the eagles are the nfl team that we watch they're on every sunday and we and we cheer so we do cheer for the local right, teams cool. but all they're right. second second place you, but yeah so it's easy you, and we could talk about that for yeah, now you right? cheer on cheaters that's great right okay, good we're there um i went there no comment no defense how many super bowls have the vikings won zero <laughs> zero out of four Sorry, that was and those were a long time, <laughs> time ago, ago. I mean, we're still so hoping that, that was wrong all right but well, and the point is like how easy was it for us to talk about that oh uh, we could talk i mean we'll, right? we're hanging out you know tonight and we'll talk about right? sports all night and it's easy to do that and it's easy for us to do that with other people around us but it's somehow it gets really hard when it's time to talk about the thing that's most important because it's what we love the most yeah. what we cherish the most yeah. and, and so if you want to get better at evangelism yeah get better at knowing that you were lost and you've been found yeah, that amen. you were dead and that you've been made alive remind yourself of what god had yeah. done in your life and what yeah. god continues yep. to do in your life yeah and then remind yourself of your own testimony yeah because then then it's like wow i do have a story to tell right mm-hmm. you're encouraged again i mean for us we do this thinking about the church richie and i lead the membership class you yeah. know, every like four months yeah and I come out, we do like a one day format right now. And I come out of that at the end, a little tired because I've talked for like five hours straight and yep. hopefully people aren't too bothered by having to listen to me for five hours straight. But I come out of it like, 
I tell them, I hope they'll love the church more. Mm, mm. I love the church more. Yeah. And I'm not saying anything I didn't know before. I'm teaching the class. Yeah. Right. But it's hearing it again and going, that's what's true. That's why we gather. That's what mm. we hope for when we gather. Um, and it's the same thing with evangelism. If you want to get better at evangelism, get better at seeing that the gospel is not just for the person you're talking to, mm. but it's for you. Yeah, that's good. There, there are more there are more barriers. I'll just point them out. Let's not get into them. Sure. Um, we already addressed one of them. The pastor is supposed to do all the work. Yeah. That that mentality is, is a no-go in the Bible. Yeah. Uh, that God calls all disciples to go yep. and proclaim. And, you know, we're, I, I would say I'm a Calvinist. You know, we're part of a Reformed um, in terms of our soteriology. We love the 1689. We built off that in terms of our own confession of faith. Mm-hmm. And so the charge against Calvinists is like, well, why? God is sovereign. Yeah. You know? And, and scripture is abundantly clear yeah. that. <laughs> well, and I love that, like you already quoted from Romans ten. Yeah, exactly. Right, that comes right on the heels of Romans nine, right. which is like the passage right. on God choosing right. um, vessels of mercy, the, vessels for destruction, yeah. and you're going like that's as, like as direct and as strong as it gets. And it's there aren't chapter divisions, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. in the same flow of thought. Yes, that these people near the gospel need the gospel, yeah. and everyone who calls the name of the Lord will be saved, but they won't hear. Unless there's someone speaking the gospel yeah, to them. Definitely the flow of thought I mean, between Romans 1 and Romans 11. The end of Romans 11 yeah. is one flow of thought. There's a slight shift when you get to yep. you know, what we've put in is Romans 12. Right. Uh, but you're absolutely right. So you can't disconnect you know, Romans 10, which I quoted in Romans 9. So right. I think that's a great point because yeah. oftentimes that's what we do. We'll go to Romans 9. Well, right. You, you, you keep got, reading. Keep reading. Keep, keep going. Reading. Keep going. Keep going. Yep. And then, you know, this passage always sticks out to me regarding um, being having Calvinistic soteriology. Yeah, uh, from Acts 18 verses yeah. 9 to 11. And the Lord said to Paul one night in a vision, do not be afraid, but go on speaking and do not be silent for I am with you. So he's giving them encouragement and no one will attack you, harm you for I have many in the city who are my people. Yeah. And it's it, the way I read that is, hey, guess what? You're going to go preach. I'm going to use your preaching. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, these people are going to get saved. I'm going to reveal the gospel to their cold, dead heart. Right. So now, now go do it. Yep. Yeah, I remember when a friend of mine first got hold of this almost 20 years ago, and he's going out and says, hey, we're going out elect hunting tonight. Elect hunting? That's great. I've never heard that. <laughs> <laughs> so we got deer hunting here in Iowa, pheasant yeah. hunting. Then we're going to do some elect hunting. Yeah, we're not hunters. trying to kill them. Right? No, no, we, no, no, we're, no. We're going to. But the opposite. But we're we going to, to find. <laughs> but, it's, but it was built on Acts 18. Yeah, that's great. Right? It's like they're already there. Let's go find them. And now you're not always going to find them. You're going to find people who are going to reject. You're going to find people who might even malign. Yeah. Um, and you don't know whether you're the one planting the seed, whether you're watering, whether you're the one that's going to reap the harvest. Yeah, exactly. I, I can't remember where I was the other day, but it was just all about planting seeds with the person I was with. You know, and, and, that, and sometimes it is that. And other times it is God is using you. And all of a sudden those people are coming to your church and getting plugged in or whatever else have you. Yeah. So. We that to that end, we can't be so um, um, kind of like performance driven or no, wanting to know all the outcomes. Like right. when you get on the evangelism bus and you're like, right. you know, eighty people said the right. prayer, yada yada. I think I think it's better to kind of remove those categories or those metrics, right? Right. And just to be faithful, right? Just to be faithful to wherever God has you. Okay, this kind of leads now to our third category, learning from Acts, evangelism in a non-Christian culture. Now, can we talk about something that is mildly controversial? Well, just, I, I never talk about anything controversial. Well, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> a lot of controversy. Just go listen to my last few sermons. Yeah. Okay, good. 
<laughs> I got a little controversy uh, last last week. Um, um, anyways, we both believe we're not in a post-Christian country. There's an assumption laid into that. I think I think most people would say we're not a part of a Christian country, but some people have used that language. We're in a post-Christian country. My view has always been this is a non-Christian country from beginning to end. And this is not like an anti-patriotic statement. Are you sure? I'm positive. The <laughs> Fourth of July. I love my constitution. Right. You know, I got my pocket constitution. Right. And you got um, something else in your pocket. Yeah. Related to an amendment. An amendment. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> got a lot going on here. But I do think there is this myth of a Christian nation that, in many respects, prevents Christians of a certain ilk or kind, perhaps, to to share the gospel. Like. Yeah, and it, what it does is it, whether we believe we're in a non-Christian culture and we always have been, or whether we're in a post or almost post-Christian culture, yeah. um, whether we believe that or not, influences our approach to that culture. Correct. Because if you believe that we used to be a Christian nation mm-hmm. and that we're uniquely blessed by God because of that, but now we're either on the verge of losing that somehow yeah. Or that we have lost it, but it could be regained. Yeah. Then our approach is the culture war approach. Yeah. Our approach is to win. Yeah. And it's to win by winning on issues and policies and Supreme Court. And it doesn't mean that we shouldn't have good policies, yeah. right? It doesn't mean that we shouldn't want to live in a nation where God's laws are upheld and Certainly. honored, and yeah. that's fine. But that becomes like the goal. And so the goal becomes owning the libs. Yeah. Right. 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 Um, which is not a New Testament priority, at least in my reading of it so far. Right. I haven't found that. Um, uh, you keep reading. I thought you said to, to keep be reading. the no. case. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not all the way to the end yet. Um, <laughs> and so it does. But if we think like that's the main problem. Right. Then our solution is going to be a solution that has zero to do with the gospel when about maintaining a Christian culture kind of for ourselves. What comes into tension here is like, are you first a Christian or first a citizen of the United States? And so patriotism oftentimes is coming into tension when you when you hold the mentality that we're in a kind of this post Christian culture. At one point we were a Christian culture. Your patriotism kind of dwells up within you. And you lose sight of the gospel. That's what I. That's the. That's what frustrates me from time to time, in terms of how we've dialogued about how we view America. The fact of the matter is, we could be in another country, and our call is the same. Our call is to go preach. Sure. So Thomas Jefferson, being a deist, right? Okay, great. He he was operating out of a Judeo-Christian worldview, but let's destroy the myth that this has like been a Christian nation. Right. Um, so I, I thought more about this, even like you think about Nebuchadnezzar, when you go back to, you know, God certainly can bless nations and then, sure. and take them down in his will. Sure. But whether, whether they're Christian or not. Sure. I'm not, I mean, I don't think anyone's clamoring that, saying that Babylon was a, a Christian nation, you know. So I think we need to look at this like God is at work. He can do what he pleases. And I think that's the best perspective. Yeah. And to to someone who's hearing this and going like, wait a minute, what is wrong with you guys? Um, yeah. It is it is not wrong to pray for a place where there's peace, um, where we are free. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. that's that's actually good. So one yeah. of the things as we've been going through acts and seeing this, you know, it's, we want to be careful with the like, yeah, bring on the persecution. I am ready for persecution. Um, yeah. because we're probably not. Yeah. Um, 
And that's the next thing I think I want to tackle before we close here. It's like, what do we do with persecution um, as Christians who are called to proclaim? What do we do with that? Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, we're not really facing it no. at this at this point, even if we like to think we are certainly not on a national level. And mm-hmm. there, there are different situations in in different places. Um, and there are places where it feels more like persecution, like the family that I mentioned earlier, where they're being shunned. They're being like yeah. they really are losing standing in their community um, because they're following Jesus yeah, yeah. and only because they're following Jesus, not because they're jerks. Yeah. Um, not because they have what's considered weird opinions on other stuff. It's only because they were following Jesus. So that yeah. is a that is a real thing. Mm, um, and part of it's like what what do we expect from the people around us? And yeah. it gets back to how we think about what our nation is or was. Because if we think, well, everyone should live essentially with my values, mm. which probably are also God's values in every way, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Um, then the people who don't, like, they're abnormal. They need to be brought into line. And they, they almost viewed as the enemy. Right. You know, you talked about earlier owning the libs or whatever. You know? Right. And that's not the right perspective. They're, they're, they're the mission field. Right. And that's what we need. To, that's the perspective we need to think of. Now, do I would, would we love to see biblical values being in play in our culture and society so it will flourish? I think so. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, take the issue of abortion. Yeah. Very passionate Absolutely. about that. Absolutely. Do I want to see abortion clinics all shut down? Absolutely. One hundred percent. Yep. Um, but do but we have to get away from the us versus them mentality. Right. We are in the culture for certain. We're right. in this world. We're not of the world. Yes. Um, but that's the mission field, right. not the enemy. And again, we can go back to the New Testament and even Romans nine through eleven again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, what's Paul saying? It's like this is my heart's desire. Yeah. For my kinsmen according to the flesh. <laughs> right. Yeah. For my countrymen. Mm. My desire is for them to be saved, like so much so that I could wish myself accursed oh, yeah. so that they could share in the life of Christ. Like someone who's thinking like that, someone who's following Paul in that is not thinking about how they can wreck them. Mm. Right. Mm. Um, and how, oh, I really destroyed him with that one and high five each other. Yeah. It's like, no, those are the people that need to know the love of Christ. They're, right. they're our, they are our mission field. It, there's... This, this isn't a tension. These are just two, two realities that exist, exist at the same time. We can look at the life of Christ and realize we want to emulate Christ in our own lives, right? Mm-hmm. And we want to love others as Christ loved us, right? I mean, we were enemies far from God, except but God, you know? Right. Well, at the same time, we can, yes, hold up biblical truth, be very clear about it, be passionate about that. Right. We really get that in the Pauline epistles. Right. So I, oftentimes, kind of like, we're going to love our culture well, they're not the enemy, kind of gets pitted against, well, either that or you're one of those Bible-thumping who's just preaching truth all the time and, and preaching against heresy, too. Right. We, we can do both at the same time. Right. Yeah, we should, do, we should be doing both right. at the same time. Yep. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So it's not a, well, we'll just talk about the love of Jesus or going way back, talk about the positive yeah. aspects of Christianity. Like there are no positive aspects of yeah. Christianity without the negative ones. Yes, exactly. Right. We don't have Christianity anymore if we take away who Jesus is mm. and what he demands yeah. from us. Um, and so when we try to take those things out of Christianity, we don't have Christianity anymore. But we do need to be ready in a culture that is clearly, I think, now not a Christian culture and mm-hmm. where we are the minority. I think the New Testament actually prepares us really well for that if mm-hmm. we'll go back and read it that way. Yeah. But we tend to read it 
where we're the majority culture right. and where people need to conform to our norms. But if we go back, especially to a book like First Peter, a letter like First Peter, mm-hmm. um, where it's clear he's writing to people who are the minority, who are misunderstood, who are maligned mm-hmm. for following Jesus. Yeah. Um, we're going to be strange. Like we need to just get over that. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. And so the idea of like, well, I can, you know, I can show them that I'm normal and also Jesus is like, it's not going to work in today's world because we are too different. Yeah. Or we ought to be. We've, we've got to stop acquiescing as a church, local churches and as Christians to the standards of the world. Yeah. To the philosophies of the world. Yeah. What what Colossians 2, 8, the, the empty deceit, you know, yeah. empty philosophy of the world. We've got to stop that. We are, I think your point's well made. We are distinct. We are different. Yeah. And we are agents of good, yeah. right? Yes. On behalf of God. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's not different, and I'm going to show you how. Yeah. Right? With with It's not, the us, not the us versus right. them. It's the right. mission field, not the enemy. Right. But we have to be, we have to own that, Correct. right? That we are going to be different because we're called to be holy. Mm. Like, God is holy. Right. And like the New Testament, it's not like that's an Old Testament thing. The New Testament, it's like, well, God loves you. So, yeah, yeah. right. It's like, no, there it is. That's our calling now as those mm-hmm. who belong to Christ. And that holiness, the heart of it is a, is a distinction. Yes. It's a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're different in our lives and in what we hope for because we have a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. from the dead. First Peter one. And so in first Peter four, you have like there don't be surprised you know when they malign you they're actually going to be surprised when you don't join them in the flood of debauchery right right yeah when they say come celebrate this with us you must celebrate this with us mm. we mm. say no no sorry we say no and we're not a jerk about it we don't right be and we don't say we don't be loving no and i'm gonna bomb you yeah. no and yeah. i'm gonna yell at you no and i'm gonna do this that's an opposite symbol to make you really upset it's like mm. But no, yeah. I can't go with you there. And it should be, it's going to be confusing to them because like they're so set, just like we're kind of set on like, well, these are all the right things. They have their own set of that, yeah. right? Yeah. That's like, this is what's right and good and true. Yeah. Um, and we can't agree with almost all of what they would say is right and good and true. And so we have to own that, but then also tell them a better story about what God has done. You've said that a few times. We've got to be ready to tell that better story. Yeah. Because in a culture filled with narratives and where narratives is frankly dominating the day in terms of your narrative and my narrative and that person's narrative, whatever, we have a story or a narrative, if you will, that is true. Yep. That is the ultimate truth. Yep. And that that narrative, what's filled in that narrative is the gospel of Jesus Christ and how God has been gracious to us. And we want to share that story with yeah. the world. And it's a story that goes beyond death, right? Yeah. For eternity. Yeah. Where all the other stories about your truth and my truth and my authentic self and all yeah. that kind of stuff, those come to an end after 60, 70, 80, 90 years. Yeah. Um, and so that's part of what makes that our story better. Absolutely. Right? Is it lasts forever. Yeah, I made this point actually last Sunday when I was talking about some cultural philosophies that are present, right? And one of, one of the points I made is like, you know what's going to outlast this? Yeah. The gospel. Yeah. You know, this particular way of thinking is going to be a footnote in the history books. The gospel of Jesus Christ, however, will continue. Unless Jesus comes back, this is what we'll be doing as a people, um, sharing our testimony about what God has done in our lives. One last question, and then I'll land the plane here. How do we prepare our folks for persecution? 
how do we prepare them for persecution? Because I, I do think in one sense, it happens on a, on a low level here. Like, you know, cancel culture would be an example of how definitely conservatives are being canceled left and right. But but more to the point, that aside, I mean, Christians as well are, are being canceled or what have you. And I'm not talking about, you know, I take seriously that are we have brothers and sisters in places like Iran, Afghanistan, the right? Fly, the flies getting the, you. Who's yeah. the, who's winning? You or the fly? The fly is winning so <laughs> far. I wish I had my son here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, how do we prepare? Because I do think culture is becoming more hostile to Christianity in general. Sure. So what do we do? Sure. Yeah. I mean, we keep, Teaching, Pre- preaching the gospel everything every we've week. Said for the yeah, last I mean, First Peter is such a big one. And I mentioned, you know, we went through that a few years ago, and it's mm. like, okay, when are we going to do this again? And I know some of our small groups have done it even since then. Yeah. Flies winning against yeah. you now. Um, and First Peter is one that's like so clear and so plain. But really, all those New Testament letters, yeah, yeah, that are written to these churches, they were all small churches, in most of them in large-ish cities where there was a temple there you know so you think of ephesians and diana and even how that church you know got started and like reading acts with the epistles is something else that's that's really fruitful Uh, yeah i agree with that um and so you can see like oh that's where that started that was like 10 guys and then they actually got like thrown out of there or Mm. got stoned and then went to the next one got stoned as a different reference for uh, um, <laughs> like people throwing rocks, rocks yeah, at not, them, not grabbing weed, <laughs> right? Um, so it's um, for us as I'm trying to prepare our church for that. It's talking about what does it mean to follow Jesus? What has it mm. always meant to follow Jesus? And to look at this past however many decades or generations as mm. where in America. Um, pretty much the cultural values have lined up, even if you can say, well, they haven't really, right? But in many yeah. ways they have. Yeah. That's the aberration. Yeah, totally. That's the- This is the unique part right, of history. That's the abnormal situation. Right. The normal situation for believers, which is still in most of the world, the normal situation for believers yeah. is you don't line up with the culture. Right. You find yourself at odds with the culture and even in different cultures that you're at odds with the culture in different ways, right? right? In different spaces. Um, but we we are a minority mm-hmm. group and we are um, people who are called to follow Christ, whatever the culture whatever the says around us. Again, not yeah. sticking our fists in their face, no. but telling them this is this is what you can have. This yeah. is. This is what can be your story too. Um, And so it's the gospel over and over again, because, Mm -hmm. you know, if you lose your life for Christ's sake, you'll find it. Yeah. Um, So it's, there's a a lot of material in the gospels you can work with from Jesus himself and what he said about what his kingdom is like. You see see persecution in the scriptures too. Realize it's there. Jesus. Yeah. And it's the normal. Yeah. Right. It's the, yeah. you know, and, and I forget even where it is right now where it's like, and the same persecution that's experienced by your brothers throughout the world. Right. right. right? It's like, this is common. And we tend to think this is unique. This is terrible. I can't believe this is going to happen to me. And again, we don't go bring on the persecution. I'm ready. Right. But how we get ready is seeing it. It's there all along. And so if mm. we begin to read like we really are in a non-Christian culture, instead of reading like 
we're the majority culture and see right. there's where they're wrong and where they should conform to us right. but seeing here's how my life needs to conform to the way of christ yeah um then that's what will prepare us for that rejection we can be rejected because christ was rejected, rejected for right. us yeah. like that's following him yeah. and so these first disciples in acts they go home and they rejoice that they were counted worthy hmm. to suffer for the name yeah i don't think like that yeah and that's where we need to get to we need to think like that and yeah getting into God's word, specifically Acts, reading Acts along with the epistles, like you said. Um, the words of Christ here from Matthew 5, Blessed are you and others are value and persecute you yeah. and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely. Yep. Falsely on my account. Yep. Whose account? On, on, on the account of Christ. Yeah. We need more passages like that in front of our eyes to repair our yeah. minds and our own hearts and just yeah. realize that with persecution comes suffering and we need to be prepared for that. And, and look at this as an opportunity opportunity yes not as a victim yeah we're not christians are not victims and that's what jesus said in luke yep. it's like you need to be ready for your opportunity yes. like that's not how i think about it right yeah. it's like oh no what's gonna happen it's like, like this is your shot yeah facebook, shoot your shot. facebook just canceled me or whatever you right know, you, there are opportunities you are not a victim this right. is your opportunity yeah this is your moment yeah it, can oh. you can you are you willing to open up your eyes overcome the barriers that we talked about earlier right. especially fear and to step out in faith um, and proclaim the good news yeah. of the gospel. And to believe in what Christ is doing, right? Yeah. That he is saving a people and like, he means to do it through us. Because when we talk about our testimony, usually it's in the past tense, but we need to talk about it in the present and future. God is still at work and he will continue to be at work. Yeah. And so I think it's having a more healthy and balanced approach to evangelism from what we read in scripture is going to get us to a place where um, they're, we're not talking about enemies, we're talking about opportunities. Yeah. Um, so... Any final thoughts before we kind of close it out? And then we can like get the fly swatter on this fly. <laughs> We're I, like, I like that. That's that's my final thought. Yeah, get rid of this right. fly. Well, thanks, thanks for, for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining me, man. Thanks for being willing to preach. Um, when anyone wants to hear his message, go to redemptionhilldsm.org. Uh, Logan always reminds me that I got to plug um, this on the various outlets. So I'll get this wrong and he'll let me know. But there's like multiple things you can do on YouTube. Like hit the bell icon and subscribe and leave a comment. That seems like a lot. So if you did one of them, thanks. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, which no one uses. And as Logan and I pointed out in our last podcast, um, for the two of you out there who use Amazon for podcasting, great. And for zero of you who use Google, great. <laughs> but we're on all the platforms. So that's it for now. I hope that was an encouragement to you. Uh, if you're a Christian and you're listening, I really hope you take it to heart that God has called you to um, be a disciple who is going out and making more disciples, Matthew 28. And, uh, you know, step out in faith to share the gospel, to share the good news of Jesus Christ. So until next time, thanks everyone for listening or watching. Uh, peace out and take care. Bye.